Hi everyone, it's Lauren, and before we start the episode, I just want to make a quick announcement. So Mel's had a super hectic schedule recently, so she isn't able to record episodes right now. So in the meantime, I'm going to be having some guests on the show, and I think it'll be interesting to hear from different perspectives from different people. So with that being said, enjoy the show with our very first guest. Lauren and Mel, talking about being well, it's all good. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I have a very special guest joining me today. This is Taylor. (laughs) Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. Hi. Um, So Lauren and I met uh, as wellness peers at UBC. Um, I just graduated from my master's of English literature. And yeah, I'm so happy to be here today. It's such an honor to, to be asked to be a guest here. I'm so glad that you made time to, to be here today because I know you're really busy because you're moving. Yes, moving tomorrow and my flight is at 7 a.m. So oh, it's tomorrow? Yeah. And you made time for this? Yeah. I'm really shocked. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so like Taylor said, we met through Wellness Peers. And so you and Mel had your guys' shifts together. We did. In first term. Mm-hmm. And you guys were after Mel and I's shifts. Were we? Yeah, or you, you and Mal were after. Oh. Remember? <laughs> it, was like, it was on Wednesdays. Yes. Our shift was at two and your shift was at three. Okay. But, but you were with Mel as well? Yeah. Oh, I saw you every okay. week. <laughs> I do. I remember that. Yeah. It's like, you know what? It's funny because it just becomes a blur after mm-hmm. a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had such a good time on those Wednesdays. I loved being with Mel and I loved seeing you as well. Um, yeah. And just being at the center. Like there was nothing... Yeah, there was nothing quite like it. It was just, it was so nice. It was so homey, for sure. Yeah, I want to get into talking about your wellness peer experience, because we kind of want to talk about, um, like, being new in a campus that you're not familiar with, and how, how did you find community on campus? Mm -hmm, Yeah, Um, so when I first moved to Vancouver, um, I'm from Toronto, so when I first moved here, I... I didn't live on campus, so I really didn't know anyone, and it was really challenging to to um, to to make a community, to be part of the UBC community, especially. And not until my second year, once I moved to Green College, which is the graduate college on campus, um, and really sort of took took initiative to make sure I was a part of the UBC community in some capacity. Did I actually feel? more so like I belonged in the community and like, and I felt, and, um, and just, just happier in general. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a challenge at first, but then once I, um, once I kind of found the wellness peers, it, it really changed my university experience for sure. Oh, same. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what wellness peers is, Mal and I talk about it all in the first episode. So you might want to listen to that one first. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I can totally agree with you. Just it's it's something so different than anything I've ever experienced before. And I think um, it was like the first time I really found my community on yep. campus. Yep. And just like the people that you meet all have kind of like similar values and everyone's super nice mm-hmm. and friendly. And it's so nice being in that welcoming environment because I think in a campus that's so big, it's easy to feel isolated if you don't, Very much if you're so. not part of something like that. Yeah. And like, I think for me too, especially as a graduate student, we kind of, we're, I feel in some ways sort of placed into this, 
I mean, in a sense, we kind of are as like within the university, we are placed as graduate students. So we have our own kind of society, even though we can be part of the larger UBC community. So it's sort of, for me, I find that it's sometimes even you have to take more of an initiative to um, establish yourself within the UBC community in its entirety. Um, but yeah, every time, anytime I talk to anybody about the wellness peers, I always say how, how we were sort of brought together and we're all, even though we have very different backgrounds and, um, from, and from like different academic backgrounds, we all are very like-minded in the sense that we, well, that we're very thoughtful, very caring, and that's essentially what you need. Very compassionate. It's what you need as a wellness peer. So I think, just us as a group, we really, really meshed well together. Um, yeah, my Tuesdays were just, were so bright. I would yeah. go home, like, almost skipping home. It was just so nice to have everybody, because uh, if you don't know, on Tuesdays, we had um, we had training for two hours, and mm-hmm. then after that, we usually had um, kind of, like, our, our different group training for about an hour, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it was great. <laughs> for sure, I yeah. totally agree with you. Yeah. Like, having that that like 10 minutes before our training and just to get to talk to everyone, yeah. catch up in everyone's week. Have snacks. Week. Like Have it snacks. Was nice. Exactly. It was, it was very, very nice. And especially when Vancouver got really, really gray and um, when uh, when it got dark really early, it was just sort of re- nice to, to have a, a gathering every single week. For sure. I can, and because their meetings were kind of late, it I definitely felt like the weather was affecting me, but then it was just so nice to just, be in a totally different environment and not yeah. think about the yeah rainy weather for a <laughs> yeah. second yeah that's that's so great and did you have you ever but at, so you went to U of T before this yes did you have uh something similar to to the community that you found at Wallace Pierce no 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 mm-hmm. um I mean I loved U of T absolutely but I was also a commuter Mm. Um, and I find they do in particular colleges. So my college, they did have a, um, I don't really remember what they called it, but it was a, a space for mm. commuters. Um, kind of like collegiate at UBC? Like yeah, that? yeah, kind of. Yeah. Mm. Um, it, and I don't know necessarily if there was like a physical space, but it was, um, there was an intention behind mm. the fact that like, you know, get commuters together. Okay. Um, but for me, I didn't really, I wasn't really part of it. I, as an undergraduate, I was just doing so much work, um, taking five classes. I really, by the time I was done classes and I had to do a two hour commute home, I was just exhausted. So I would never, I would never stay on, on campus, um, Mm -hmm. which meant that I didn't really have that community. And, um, I think Lauren and I were talking about it earlier, um, when we met up last week, there isn't really a community like that that I have found at U of T mm-hmm. in terms of like the wellness peers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think definitely some colleges take the initiative on um, focusing on mental health and physical health and all a- aspects of health, mm-hmm. but there isn't really, from what I've seen, that peer to peer relationship or mm-hmm. that kind of um, conversation. So, yeah, it was a definitely different experience. And not until I came to UBC. Um, did I, did I foster that community on campus? Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool to hear just coming from somewhere totally different because yeah. I've only been to UBC. That's all I ever, that's mm-hmm. all I know. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to hear like, what your experience is like elsewhere. Yeah. And I feel like they, more universities should have that kind of peer to peer support because, uh, 
I think most universities have counseling and yeah. more professional type mm-hmm. resources, but mm-hmm. it's rare to see more or what's the word, kind of, like, less intimidating, I guess, or not everyone has, like, a really serious mental health concern Mm -hmm. that doesn't require therapy or counseling or anything, Mm -hmm. but I think everyone can agree that they want to look for more ways to Mm -hmm. manage stress and how to have a more balanced lifestyle, and just hearing from other peers, hearing that people that are, like, kind of your equal, um, it's cool. Well, it's true, and and kind of when you said that, too, I was thinking, um, when someone might not think that they need professional help, like they don't think that their, their issue, whatever that may be, is, um, is sort of worth seeking out um, more professional help. It, it kind of seems like those people, if they didn't have some kind of peer-to-peer resource, they would kind of fall in the cracks. They would think, well, my, you know, my, um, my issue might not, might not be as important as someone else's. So then they don't really get that help in whatever way they need. So Mm -hmm. I think kind of having the peer-to-peer resource of the wellness peers allows you to, to bridge that gap and sort of just have a conversation, a genuine conversation, conversation with someone that may just not be doing well in, in some aspect of their life and just needs someone to talk to. Yeah. 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 That's what we're here for. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm going to miss it. It's, it's really unfortunate that I can't be a wellness peer next year. And I know Lauren is going to be a wellness peer, but, uh, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to miss it for sure. Wow. This is, this is, I love like reflecting on past experiences. Yeah. I'm like in a very reflective mood since I'm literally leaving tomorrow morning. It's just like anything is just very reflective. How was your UBC experience as a whole, your two years here? It was, it was really good. I think the second year was much better because, and I think a lot of it was because of wellness peers and just mm-hmm. simply feeling more part of the campus. Like one, I lived on campus, so I had my green college community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the wellness peers, I was a TA. So I had like different pockets of communities mm-hmm. that kept me tethered to the UBC community. Whereas like being off campus and sort of being isolated, um, it didn't really allow for that. So I think definitely it ended on a really good note. I'm glad to hear that for sure. I think, like, I also commute from home. Yeah. And it, it does make it, uh, like, not as easy to take part in a lot of things on campus. But I think it's about making the time to do it. And I not, I know not everyone has the time mm-hmm. to, to volunteer for, like, five hours a mm-hmm. week. But I guess it's just finding what do you, what do you like to do? And are there people on campus that also have the same kind of yeah. passion as you do? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. And I think, like... For me, um, perhaps it was one of those situations where during my undergrad, I would just be so burnt out. And I kind of used that as a bit of an excuse to mm-hmm. really not take that initiative when I probably could have. And so I think I remember getting that email from my English department and they, mu- they, were, they were looking for graduate wellness peers because graduate wellness peers are hired, not, well, not hired, but they're, <laughs> you know, they're, they're chosen. Yeah. Um, uh, later in the summer and I got that email and I thought, and at this point I was in a really, really bad place. I was, I was struggling with homesickness and anxiety. Um, and it was really, really hard for me. And I sometimes couldn't even imagine, um, doing extra than, Mm -hmm. you know, than what, like only what I was doing, Mm -hmm. but something just really called me to, to do wellness peers. I thought if I don't do this, I'm going to regret it. Mm -hmm. So that was a really interesting thing for me. Um, 
but yeah, it's, I think that was maybe perhaps the time when I, um, when I saw that, that, that intention of, and like taking that initiative was something that I needed to do that I may not have had during my undergrad. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did you think that like having kind of the experience of feeling homesick and feeling anxious, did that, how did that help you in your role as a wellness peer? Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think, I mean, we, it wasn't necessarily that, you know, students would, or peers would come to me and, and just say, you know, oh, I'm homesick. Um, and so it, it wasn't always often that I could just relate exactly equally to them and just say, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I know exactly how you feel. Cause you know, anyone coming into the wellness, the wellness center can have any sort of, um, issue. And it, it's likely probably not going to be what you expect. But I think, I think if anything, the biggest thing that, that it taught me about being homesick, about having anxiety, about having my own personal issues is learning compassion. Mm. Um, not only for myself, which can be very challenging to do, Mm. but also for others. And, but also I think too, that compassion starts starts with yourself before you can give that to others sometimes. So learning to find that, I wanted to be able to to share that with others. I wanted to be compassionate towards others as well. And I think with the wellness peers being a part of it, it allowed me to not only help other people, but also keep myself accountable to the fact that I sometimes needed help too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. I just... I guess when I went to Wellness Peers, I never really thought how impactful it would be in my own life. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like it really did affect you too. And really cultivating self-compassion is something, how how do you do that, right? Like it's not something that you're taught, but I think when you're in a position where you're helping other people Mm -hmm. and you're just supporting other people, Mm -hmm. you develop this empathy for for other people. Yeah. And it's it's a really interesting Mm -hmm. transformation, at least I found for me. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. And I think being part of wellness peers also, it does really help you finding that connection, finding other people that um, kind of, in a sense, maybe I'm being, um, uh, sort of maybe I'm exaggerating, but I also don't think I am. It's kind of like an unconditional love experience. It sounds silly, I know, but it is that sort of, you know, we're taught to, to be non-judgmental, to have compassion, to, to have empathy. And that definitely translate not to only to the peers that come to us, but between peers as wellness peers. Um, and I think that definitely one allowed me to find that connection, but also it definitely, I think allowed me to feel better and more confident about, about being social, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just talking to people, that was something that I always, always struggled with mm-hmm. and sometimes still struggle with. Um, so yeah, I think through that, it allowed me to just kind of be myself and, and be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> would you say you're more of an introverted person? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So are you the type of person that you get energy from being by yourself and then, it, it drains you to be with other people kind of thing? Yeah, I think it sometimes depends on the situation. So maybe I'm like an ambivert in a sense, but okay. I think I'm more introverted. I think there comes a point where 
like during an evening, um, I'll need to kind of step back. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to necessarily say that I'm drained by a lot of commotion and a a lot of people and a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. But I think there is a point where I know that I need to step back and I need to, you know, go to my room or do something by myself Mm -hmm. um, and just just sort of reclaim some energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm more so on the introverted side, Mm -hmm. but it's also potentially um, situational dependent. No, totally. I agree with you. I think I can be... I think I'm somewhere in the middle. It really depends on what situation I'm Mm -hmm. in, like who are the people I'm comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that a lot of, I think they say 50% of the population is more introverted and then 50% is more extroverted. It's interesting to hear um, like someone that you think is like super like outgoing or enthusiastic, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I'm actually like more introverted, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, actually, surprisingly, whenever I tell someone that I'm an introvert um, and that generally I'm usually really shy Mm -hmm. they're very surprised which I guess I can take that as quite a compliment given Mm -hmm. the fact that it's taken me so long to cultivate kind of how to well one public speak which thankfully the wellness peers uh the the wellness peer um position really really helped with Mm -hmm. but just being um just you know just being engaging and yeah I think I think it definitely took a little bit of time to do that. So when someone kind of compliments me, or mm-hmm. I take it as a compliment to it's that. It's totally a compliment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That I'm, I don't seem like a, t- a shy type. Um, it's, it's really nice to hear. Yeah, because yeah. it sounds like you've kind of worked your whole life to be more, to get over that shyness. Yeah. And when someone says, oh, like you seem like not shy at all, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, wow, I actually, I did it. You can actually, you can actually sort of, someone is seeing that, that evidence that you, like as yourself, don't really get to see, right? For sure. So, because your perception is often usually really different from how someone else perceives you. Yeah, yeah. I, for me, I was also very shy as a kid. Mm-hmm. I would never participate in class. Like I was mm-hmm. just known as a quiet person. Oh, I struggle with that, participating in class. I really do. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> I don't know why. Even in elementary school, I think, oh, if I, what if like people judge me if I get yeah. the answer wrong? But yeah. there's so many times where I'm like, why would it matter? Yeah. Why doesn't, no one's thinking about it. Yeah. It's just, it's all in my own head. Mm-hmm. And I think it wasn't really until like end of high school, I, th- yeah. I started overcoming my shyness Mm -hmm. and for me I used to work in a restaurant for two years after I graduated and I was a hostess and your job is literally to talk Mm -hmm. to people and connect with people and engage with people and I remember my first shift just standing in the lobby and I'm like there's so many people that I have to talk to and Mm -hmm. and especially with strangers I think that Mm -hmm. is what's most difficult for me and but really like when I was in the role and I had more experience talking to people like after a couple like weeks I felt so much more comfortable Mm -hmm. and it's I think it's really just practice just yeah putting yourself in situations that scare you or outside your comfort zone yes that's so true I think that's exactly right and and for me like like back to the wellness peers or the wellness center that was a moment for me where I I took myself out of my comfort zone um especially having all of the anxiety and like the homesickness that I did at that time, I was, I felt so vulnerable. So to like kind of put myself out there was a really big step and it was a very rewarding step, but not until you sort of take that initiative, take that step, start to hear that kind of voice in your head that, um, 
that kind of talks back to like the anxiety that you have about, mm-hmm. you know, not being good enough to be a part of something or to say something in front of a large group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, not until that happens, can you, can you start to, to feel more confident, to feel more comfortable um, with, with any sort of social situation that you're around. But it is definitely, definitely, I think, practice. Yeah. yeah and like, sure. like putting yourself in those situations for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so great to hear that it's like being a wellness peer doesn't mean that you have to have your, like your mental health is like the greatest. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't have to We be. have our bad days too. <laughs> totally. Yeah, for sure. But I think yeah. it's just recognizing that that doesn't mean that you still can't help people. And yeah. I think for me, I kind of experience imposter syndrome have you heard about that yes we actually for our first so coming into the grad program we actually have um sort of like an intro class that takes us throughout the semester and it kind of just allows us to get you know to to navigate grad school because there is a bit of a jump between your undergrad and your master's program and one I think we dedicated a whole class to imposter syndrome and at that point, I had never heard of the term imposter syndrome, Yeah, but I knew I was feeling it big time mm, yeah. and not just in my master's, particularly during my bachelor's. I felt mm. such, I felt like such an imposter. Yeah. Like I just, I was not good enough to be where I was. Um, and then I realized after hearing imposter syndrome for the first time, how many other people suffer from it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, or feel, feel like they're imposters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, I've definitely, definitely <laughs> resonated with it for sure. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's kind of when you're in a position or you have this qualification, but you feel like you're still, you feel like you're a fraud and you mm-hmm. feel like, Oh, like, why did they pick me? Like mm-hmm. you kind of, uh, relate it to luck or just outside sources and not thinking, oh, it's because of me. It's because of the qualities that I have. Mm -hmm. And for me, I I think I I experienced in wellness peers because I've never dealt with like mental health, like like serious issues. Mm -hmm. So I kind of thought, how am I supposed to help other people with depression and um, anxiety when I've never Mm -hmm. experienced it before? Mm -hmm. And I felt like why did they pick me for this? I'm so confused <laughs> why. And it feels like, yeah. I just feels like everyone else is so much more experienced. Yeah. That's kind of what I felt. But I'm like, no, like I was picked for a reason. Like this Absolutely. is something I want to talk about. Yeah. And I guess not letting fear get in the way of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, hopefully. for sure. <laughs> and I think too, like one of the things is, you know, we're not as wellness peers. We were never in the position to fix anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. So like even for one, we could definitely if someone like if, you know, if I was struggling with mental health and someone came in and was struggling also with mental health, I could say, wow, you know, I I've had the experience myself, so I know how you feel. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a, a lot of the time we're just the individual that they come to to talk to us. We're the person that we're basically the ears. That's 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 kind of our job. Um so it's sometimes, you know, if you're, if you have a compassionate heart and, and soul and you want to learn about different issues, different, different health um, difficulties that people, especially young people go through um, and want to learn how to change, not change them, but like change, let's say the stigma for like mental health mm-hmm. um, or even sexual health. If you want to become 
the the generation that sort of changes how people perceive them, then you're absolutely where you're meant to be. Yeah. I think that's so encouraging for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's the wake up call that a lot of people need. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that it, it can be intimidating to talk about mental health, especially with someone you don't know if you go to the yeah. wellness center and you go to a wellness peer and like, oh, I want to chat. But mm-hmm. it's like, I've never spoken to this person before. Like, yeah. How can I tell them mm-hmm. what I'm going through? Mm-hmm. But knowing that maybe it's necessary to do that. And yeah. it's kind of like the first step that you need to take yeah. if you truly want to make a difference mm-hmm. in your own health in general and well-being. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was something that kind of blew my mind at mm-hmm. the beginning. It's like, oh, you're, you're kind of being so personal to someone you don't even know. Absolutely, yeah. You're The person coming in is definitely put in a vulnerable position just by coming in and saying, I need guidance or not even guidance, but I need someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and by, gui- by guidance, I necessarily like often mean just like providing us providing resources for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in a sense, like, I remember when people come in, to, when people came into the wellness center, um, any person that came in, I just sort of mentally thought about how brave and courageous they are, like whatever, whatever their um, issue might be, just for coming in and saying, is there someone that I can talk to? And mm-hmm. that you're putting yourself in such a vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. But I think also there might be a little less pressure Maybe it might be intimidating, but there might be a little less pressure because you don't know the person sitting across from you, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can, you can kind of pour your heart and soul out to them. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, they don't know anything about you. Right. Um, so they can kind of, they're just, they're just the, the listener. And mm-hmm. you can say whatever you need to say. And a lot of the time, that's enough for someone, um, but yeah, you're definitely, they definitely put themselves in, you know, in a position where, um, where they don't know the person, mm-hmm. but I think maybe, and this is, I'm just, I'm just, uh, taking a guess, but I think being that stranger for someone might be, um, the push that allows them to open up that floodgate. Mm. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I was thinking like <laughs> when you were saying, um, yeah, the person doesn't have any previous uh, like biases no, towards yeah. you they don't know There's, you. Yeah, no preconceptions or anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's easier because you know that they're not going to judge you mm-hmm. because they don't they don't know like your whole story. Yeah. But like you said, they're just kind of someone that you just talk to yeah. and provide support. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and uh, you want to um, discover more about like your wellness or your well-being journey, then... Yeah. Uh, I encourage you to just just talk about it. With doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a wellness peer or a peer support. Just talk about it with anyone. Yeah. And if you if you have people that you can trust, then talking about whatever you're going through, it, you would feel so much better afterwards. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Maybe the other person's thinking, oh, like I can relate to that. Like I've struggled through that before, and you build this connection. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, we wouldn't have known this if we never like spoke mm-hmm. up about it. Yeah. Absolutely. And it does, it does connect people sometimes. And it allows from experiences, um, that I've had, it allows you to build that bond and to help each other through it, whatever, yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the people in our lives that they're, they're people that we can lean on Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah.
Cool. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Taylor. It Thanks was so nice having, having you. Me. You were our first guest. I'm honestly, I can't even tell you. I absolutely wanted to make time for this. It was yeah. such a pleasure. Wow. To, to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, if you like this episode, then please let us know. And you can like our Facebook page, which is going to be in the description, or uh, email us if you want. I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> and we'll see you next Sunday. Bye. Bye. <laughs>